Welcome to the Daniel McInnes Podcast, a podcast for small businesses who are seeking great practical advice about marketing and sales. Danielle thinks like a customer. Even as a little kid, she always has shown deep empathy for others. Dan uses this customer insight to help small businesses create practical marketing strategies that work. Using this customer-centric approach and her 20 years' experience in sales and marketing, Dan takes what is in your head, adds her expertise to create a system to assist you make better marketing decisions, attracts a regular stream of ideal customers, and creates a brand that your employees and customers will love. Hope you enjoy this podcast. So welcome to my podcast for another week, and I'm really delighted to have Linda Haley, who is an expert um, business consultant. And some of you might have heard of Linda um, through her books like Kickstart Marketing and Your Business, Your Future, which is her latest book. Um, I came across Linda when I went to Koshi's Business Builders, the website, and um, watched some of her fantastic interviews with small businesses. So I encourage you to go and have a look at that because it's fantastic. But welcome, Linda. Uh, welcome, Danielle. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm so excited to have you on because you're such a practical um, business consultant. I love your advice. It just, you know, it really resonates with me because it, look, you just make it easy. <laughs> well, I suppose my philosophy is that it's not rocket science, and the aim is not to turn people into marketing gurus. It's to give them stuff that they can apply in their business really quickly and effectively. Yeah, and I guess you really do that. I, I, one of the first questions I've got is that, you know, I, I think that small businesses do find marketing a little bit confronting. You know, often they haven't started a business and thought about it in any great depth. So can you walk me through some of the problems you find just dealing with businesses when they start to think about marketing? Um, you're absolutely spot on. The biggest problem that most people have with marketing is they don't know where to start. They know it's important because every time they, you know, talk to an advisor or open a book, someone says, small businesses need to know how to market. <laughs> but not everybody actually knows what marketing is. Um, and I like to think about one of the first things you need to do is get a handle on what marketing might be for your type of business. So I mean, a lot of people think of um, advertising as being marketing, but really that's just one of the things you've got in your, in your marketing toolkit. So I talk about marketing being... Um, it can be selling, it can be publicity, it can be advertising. Good old customer service is actually a part of marketing because it's customer service that holds people alongside you long enough to make them buy something. Mm -hmm. And then it makes them come back again and again and again. Um, pricing is a part of marketing, as is image and branding. So you can see that it means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. So I think some of the challenges that I'm seeing these days is... A, they don't know where to start. They think that spending money must be better than not spending money. And, and probably the most effective thing you can do, first of all, is to actually work out who you're trying to reach because you don't have to be all things to all people. Um, the other sorts of things, I'm seeing a lot of people struggling with online versus traditional. Mm. People are going, oh, do I still need to have a Yellow Pages ad? You know, do, just, do I really need a, a website? What about Twitter? Do I have to tweet? So yeah. people aren't sure how to get a mix of both. Also, they're, they're very tied up with um, generic advertising or generic marketing as opposed to specific marketing. 
So generic being having one message and rolling it out there and hoping people work out what's in it for them. And specific is more targeted messages and talk, targeted methodologies for target, excuse me, for target markets. Yeah, well, I mean, that sort of leads me to the next question is, I mean, you know, I'm sure, I don't think I speak for just one marketing consultant, that a lot of us are really busy now. I think the realisation is that they do need to do something, so sort of yep. what you said, but they're not exactly sure what to do, but they know that there's some value in getting some advice. But I also think that it seems to be when I go in and do consulting that to get them to just narrow down and actually choose you know, who they're going to have these conversations with and who they're going to target is such a difficult process. Yeah, and look, I've actually, I mean, I do have a way of making it a bit easier. Um, share. <laughs> okay, well, I'm exactly like you. People come up to me and go, um, do I need a website? Or should I have yellow pages? And I go, I would never clue. It really depends on who your target market is. And yeah. um, the, the exercise I talk about is, is a, um, you and I know it as a market segmentation, mm. but that just sounds boring to everybody else. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a little exercise where you sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and maybe a glass of wine or a can of beer or peppermint tea, and you write down all the different types of customers that you're seeing in your business. Mm. And really think about, um, they need to be a small group with similar attitudes and attributes. Mm. Um, so, for instance, if I said all mothers are a market segment, true or false, well, that's too big a group. But if I said all mothers of two-year-old boys, do they have similar worries and concerns, attitudes and attributes? Absolutely. Mm. So if you're thinking of your business, think of all the different types of clients that you see. I mean, Danielle, you know in your business that not all small businesses are the same. Oh, absolutely not. You know, so you've got got start-ups, you might have... um, retailers, but you also have people with different attitudes, like um, you and I will both work with what we call entrepreneurial business owners. Mm-hmm. They're quite different from business owners who might be struggling um, because they So welcome to my podcast for another week, and I'm really delighted to have Linda Haley, who is an expert um, business consultant. And some of you might have heard of Linda um, through her books like Kickstart Marketing and Your Business, Your Future, which is her latest book. Um, I came across Linda when I went to Koshy's Business Builders, the website, and um, watched some of her fantastic interviews with small businesses. So I encourage you to go and have a look at that because it's fantastic. But welcome, Linda. Uh, welcome, Danielle. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm so excited to have you on because you're such a practical um, business consultant. I love your advice. It just, you know, it really resonates with me because, it, look, you just make it easy. <laughs> well, I suppose my philosophy is that it's not rocket science and the aim is not to turn people into marketing gurus. It's to give them stuff that they can apply in their business really quickly and effectively. Yeah, and I guess you really do that. I, I, one of the first questions I've got is that, you know, I, I think that small businesses do find marketing a little bit confronting. You know, often they haven't started a business and thought about it in any great depth. So can you walk me through some of the problems you find just dealing with businesses when they start to think about marketing? Um, you're absolutely spot on. The biggest problem that most people have with marketing is they don't know where to start. They know it's important because every time they, you know, talk to an advisor or open a book, someone says, small businesses need to know how to market. <laughs> but not everybody actually knows what marketing is. 
Um, and I like to think about one of the first things you need to do is get a handle on what marketing might be for your type of business. So I mean, a lot of people think of um, advertising as being marketing, but really that's just one of the things you've got in your, in your marketing toolkit. So I talk about marketing being, um, it can be selling, it can be publicity, it can be advertising. Good old customer service is actually a part of marketing because it's customer service that holds people alongside you long enough to make them buy something mm -hmm. and then it makes them come back again and again and again. Um, pricing is a part of marketing as is image and branding. So you can see that it means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. So I think some of the challenges that I'm seeing these days is a, they don't know where to start. They think that spending money must be better than not spending money. And, and probably the most effective thing you can do, first of all, is to actually work out who you're trying to reach because you don't have to be all things to all people. Um, the other sorts of things, I'm seeing a lot of people struggling with online versus traditional. Mm. People are going, oh, do I still need to have a Yellow Pages ad? You know, do, just, do I really need a, a website? What about Twitter? Do I have to tweet? So yeah. people aren't sure how to get a mix of both. Also, they're, they're very tied up with um, generic advertising or generic marketing as opposed to specific marketing. Mm -hmm. So generic being having one message and rolling it out there and hoping people work out what's in it for them. And specific is more targeted messages and talk targeted methodologies for target excuse me, for target markets. Yeah, well I mean that sort of leads me to the next question is I mean, you know, I'm sure I don't think I speak for just one marketing consultant that a lot of us are really busy now. I think the realisation is that they do need to do something. So it's sort of yep. what you said, but they're not exactly sure what to do, but they know that there's some value in getting some advice. But I also think that it seems to be when I go in and do consulting that to get them to just narrow down and actually choose, you know, who they're going to have these conversations with and who they're going to target is such a difficult process. Yeah, and look, I've actually, I mean, I do have a way of making it a bit easier. Um, share. <laughs> okay, well, I'm exactly like you. People come up to me and go, um, do I need a website or should I have yellow pages? And I go, I would never clue. It really depends on who your target market is. Yeah. And the, the exercise I talk about is, is a, um, you and I know it as a market segmentation, mm. but that just sounds boring to everybody else. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a little exercise where you sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and maybe a glass of wine or a can of beer or a peppermint tea, and you write down all the different types of customers that you're seeing in your business. Mm. And really think about... Um, they need to be a small group with similar attitudes and attributes. Mm. Um, so, for instance, if I said all mothers are a market segment, true or false, well, that's too big a group. But if I said all mothers of two-year-old boys, do they have similar worries and concerns, attitudes and attributes? Absolutely. Mm. So if you're thinking of your business, think of all the different types of clients that you see. I mean, Danielle, you know in your business that not all small businesses are the same. Oh, absolutely not. You know, so you've got, you've got start-ups, you might have um, retailers, but you also have people with different attitudes, like um, you and I will both work with what we call entrepreneurial business owners. Mm -hmm. They're quite different from business owners who might be struggling um, because they've been affected by the GFC or a market change. So once you've actually brainstormed all the types of 
businesses or clients you're seeing, then brainstorm again to all the ones you're not seeing. Mm. And then basically go through that list and start evaluating them. And I get you to evaluate them on three um, criteria. Number one is potential for revenue and profit. Mm -hmm. and, and the trick is you're only allowed to evaluate them on that, nothing yeah. else. So you can't give them a low rating because you don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> then once you've done that, you'll find two or three pop out. You know, it's been, oh, look at that. There's, there's money to be had there. Mm -hmm. But really, as marketing consultants, we'd be remiss if we didn't make sure that we weren't setting people up to fail. So the next thing to have a look at is rate them on how easy it is to find them, mm -hmm. to reach them, to talk to them, and to actually sell to them. So to give you an example, um, if you had maybe a baby food product that you're keen to get into the supermarkets, well, supermarkets would be very, very profitable in the long run, or they'd have lots of potential for revenue. Mm. But if you look at the ease factor, it might take you four years to actually get that product on a shelf. Um, so therefore, you'd rate them low on that ease factor. Uh, and in actual fact, I read an interesting article the other day um, by the lady who has Carmen's Fine Foods. She does the okay. news piece. Oh, yes. And I think she was saying it took, it took three years for her, three or four years for her to actually get on a supermarket shelf. Mm -hmm. You know, she just had to come back again and again and again. So if you rate them on dollars, then rate them on ease, um, you'll see that some start to pop out as being relatively easy and, and good dollars. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing you rate them on is desirability. One out of ten is, I hate them, I don't want to work with them. Ten out of ten is, oh, I just get such a buzz out of this group. And what you will find is that two or three markets will, will present themselves as being good target markets for you. Yeah. And, and realistically, if two um, businesses the same did this exercise, they'd have different results mm. because it, it comes down to the, the business owner. Once you've done that, then you've started to get the clues about who you want to see more of in your business. And so instead of having generic marketing strategies, you start to think, okay, well, I've decided that real estate agents are one of my target markets. I'm going to have strategies specifically for them. Does that make sense? Well, look, it really does. And I guess the only proof that I can have is that I've had to do this for my market. You know, well, I'm a yeah. marketing consultant. That's pretty broad. Okay, yeah. small businesses, that's still too broad. And, in fact, the more I've narrowed it, the better... I've been able to attract the right customers, which are really service-based professional services that, you know, really trying to visualise how big they are, do they have a marketing department, do they have a sales force, what are they interested in, and really like attracts like, and so it just becomes easy, the whole process becomes easier, whereas people think they're cutting off their options, they're actually making life Easier, yeah. <laughs> and I talk about two types of marketing. There's proactive marketing and reactive marketing. Yeah. Now, reactive marketing is when someone knocks on your door or rings you up and says, do you want to work for me? And you go, yeah, run around the room, you know, punch the air. That's really responding to a very direct approach. But proactive marketing is what a lot of people don't do, especially consultants. Mm -hmm. So proactive marketing is where you actually go out and start looking for those target markets. Yeah, and I think it's sort of giving you a little bit of control. I sort of call it passive or active, and it's the same principle. Yeah. It's, you know, am I, am I going to go out? Because I've, I've really, I read this article about lead generation just the other day, and 
I totally agree. That, you know, the customer now is in the centre of the buying process, whereas yeah. it used to be the sales rep would ring, you know, and bug you, or, or there would be bigger sales force. Now we just go and find what we want, and we're looking, we're actually typing into Google our problem, and whoever yeah. addresses that, I need green shoes for my son to look like an alligator at school, gets my business and they get my business because one they're found but also they have to hit a few other things about solving that and you know yeah. what i think how professional the whole thing and so that changes the way that you know that process is and if we're a bit more active we're going to get that opportunity to enter that sort of process yeah guy often i mean i i always say to people work out what time you have realistically and if it's an hour a week it's an hour a week yeah. but make sure you spend that hour focused on your target markets yeah you know and i have um i tend not to do a lot of travel on fridays so friday tends to be my in the office day <laughs> excuse me <laughs> and every couple of weeks i'll actually do you know a friday on business generation now it might just be talking to colleagues about trends or it might be going oh you know i'm really interested in this market what can i find out about it yeah and i i went and saw you at one of your talks and and where you said you used to have a cup of coffee with your competitor and i just thought that was fantastic because look at the end of the day we're all slightly serving someone different so you know yeah. what's the harm in collaborating I, I, you know i just think it's no harm what's yeah there's no harm whatsoever in actual fact the the exercise I did where we, I worked a lot with one of my, uh, my number one competitor, we both learned a truckload. Mm. Um, and we had full disclosure on everything except client names. I mean, what a wonderful idea. You know, I, I think it takes a lot of um, sort of, you know, foresight and determination to go and do that because I think a lot of people listening to this be going, I'm not ringing my competitor. But I've got to tell you, when I heard you do that talk, I went away and I did, and I rang yes. three. And you know what? They were so receptive because it, it's not a threat. It's just a let's share here. I'm going after a totally different market to you, but there's some things that you are doing well and some things that I'm doing well, and let's yes. learn from one another. Well, what was interesting is we were going after exactly the same market. Fantastic. But, yeah, I know. But our, our differentiation was that he came very much from a systems um, background so and what we worked out is that there were clients that would love him and think I was a totally airhead and there were clients because I'm people focused there were clients that used to really respond to me and think he was a stuck-up accountant which he wasn't but so we so it was actually quite enlightening for most of us to actually work out why we won jobs um, when we pitched against each other isn't that fantastic and what great insight to be able to sort of use yeah, I mean, I changed the way I worked as a, as a result of working from him, uh, with him, and he did exactly the same, although he wouldn't admit it, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So um, I know you've identified this earlier in the conversation about this need or presence to be online. What, mm. what with working with the businesses that you have done, you know, done so far, what tactics have you found to be valuable for them in terms okay. of having an online presence? I think the most important thing these days, it used to, I always used to say there's two things you need to spend money on. You need to spend money on image and branding and you need to spend money on your online presence. And I always used to say, pay for professional advice to get a website done. Um, and I'm actually mentoring a, um, a 
business at the moment and she's built her own website and it's a nightmare. She's the loveliest lady, but it's just a nightmare to navigate. Mm. So the first thing I do is you've got to get your website right. Without a website in this day and age, you are invisible. Mm. So you, you need it. You absolutely need it. Um, people aren't sure what to put on a website or how to do it. Um, my only handy hint is... Think of all the things that you want people to do when they go to your website. So do you want them to sign up for a newsletter? Do you want them to um, uh, look at your rates? Do they want you to look at the product? And make sure that on your home page there are little landing spots where people can go directly to what they want to go to. Oh, look, and I think that's key because, you know, they don't spend a lot of time. No, <laughs> no. I mean, we don't. <laughs> Um, and what I say now is, yep, spend your money on your website and then spend almost as much on search engine optimization. Oh, absolutely, because look, I just think that if you're not visible, one is being found. Yeah. And look, it's so competitive now. I mean, when I first had my first website, um, it was the days of people from Google actually read the damn thing and, and ranked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long I've had a website. Um, but now, it's a really competitive process. So no point spending buckets of money on a really good website or even a little bit of money on a good website and not getting it search engine optimised. And I think people often get confused now between SEO and AdWords. Yes. And there's all this, oh, my God, I've got to have AdWords. Well, no, you don't have to have AdWords, but it can be a part of your SEO strategy. So the old thing about you've got to have the content, you've got to have all the stuff that goes behind the site, but then you've got to think of everything else as being tools to drive traffic and to increase, rent, uh, increase ranking. So I think social media needs to be part of your strategy, but when people get very confused and go, I don't want to tweet, I haven't a clue how to blog, <laughs> um, that's cool. You've just got to work out what's going to work for you. Um, for anybody who is a local business, so you have a geographic target, one of the best ways of upping your ranking these days is your Google Place page. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's really a fairly new thing that people really haven't been thinking about that. Um, if you don't know how to do it, Google, Google Place page, and I'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> Isn't that funny we're telling them to do that? But that's so true. And I think you've mentioned in a couple of um, the podcasts, which are fantastic, everyone should go to your site, lindahaley.com.au, and look at, and listen to your monthly podcast, which I think I've nearly listened to all of them. Well, um, I better put some more up, haven't I? Oh, oh look, you've got a lot, but I'm not. Yes, go for it. I'm I've got about it. 30 actually sitting here waiting to be recorded. Oh, God. I good? know. <laughs> but what I love is, look, I mean, you've got fantastic packed tips in every single one and a lot of strategy insight. But you mentioned a great site that I love, which is Linda with the y.com about oh, training. Isn't that yeah. fantastic? I'll yeah. put a link to that. Yeah, it's great. But, you know, I agree with this SEO. I just wanted to ask you a question about, you know, often I, I look, I think you're exactly right. You, you need to spend more, if not the same, more on actually being yeah. found. But with this SEO strategy, um, you know, from what I've read and my understanding is it's an ongoing thing. And it can be an ongoing thing where you organically get found because you're putting out great content in whatever format that mm. that is or it can be that you're actually paying for 
you know your website to be set up properly with keywords but continually um, revamping that and looking at that and so you, you see a lot of um, providers looking at SEO packages per month to maintain that. Have you got mm. any thoughts about that for small business because that's a big bit of their budget to to do. Um, oh, this is a bit of a tricky one Yeah, I know. because um, I'm like you, I've seen in the marketplace people come along and say, yes, we're going to handle all your SEO, yeah. and, but really all they're doing is they're doing an AdWords campaign that you could do yourself, and they're doing some very minor tweaking. Yeah. And, and I have to question the value of some of that. Having said that, there are some brilliant operators who do it wonderfully and are well worth every cent you spend with them. Yeah. But um, I'm a little bit against some of the formulaic stuff, yeah. where you buy like a, a level, a package level, because I'm, I'm not convinced. I haven't seen a lot of clients get great value out of that. Um, and a lot of this stuff, you can do quite a lot of it yourself. Now, I've got a client who, um, he has um, a young lady working for him, and every, every Monday, I think it's Mondays, she goes through and she updates all the Facebook pages. She puts um, new clips on YouTube. So she's basically doing a lot of that herself. Yeah. Um, as a part of her job, she adores it. She blogs. Um, he blogs as well. They don't do Twitter. It doesn't work for them. It's not, it's not their kind of style. Mm -hmm. um, but they've got a, a great Facebook page. Um, he's also on LinkedIn, which I really think is essential for professionals these days. Absolutely. And there are other sites as well. But I think, uh, I can't give you a definitive answer. No, look, you sort of have because I think, you know, it depends. I mean, I think for some businesses, you know, this SEO strategy has become the way they sell and yeah. they've, they've put money in it and obviously it's returning every month, month after yeah. month. But I think I mean, for small businesses, you're right, there's many ways to skin that cat. I think the other thing I would pay for, I would pay for an unbiased person to give you advice on what you need to do yeah. and then work from there. So rather than taking on a generic package, mm -hmm. I would then go, okay, if I want somebody else to do this, and not everybody likes this, yeah. not everybody's got the time to do it. I see there's a bit of a competition. Yeah, look at it. I get a bit excited. Like, you know, I look at my rankings and I go, okay, well, I'm, I'm ranking really well on this search term. And then I find a search term I'm not ranking well on. And I think, <laughs> right, that's my challenge for the next month. So, you know, on my Fridays, I'm there tweaking all my terms to, to see what happens. I know, competitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Look, I take sort of a different approach in that, I am, you know, my goal or the goal for my business is to have a really nice life work balance. So I don't do too much of the speaking circuit. I like to sort of, you know, keep it easy, you know, a bit easy so that I'm working with a good balance. So I I have enough work. So I, I thought to myself, you know, there's no way I'm going to do that because I don't want any more too much business. <laughs> you know, and I yeah. think that that's true because some people can by tweaking a few things, get enough of the lead generation just to keep it going nicely, thank you very much. Whereas some other people are looking at growth with different eyes yeah. and, and, and that suits them. Oh, look, I've always joked that I'm a lousy marketing consultant because I've never <laughs> advertised, I've never done any of that stuff. But no. that's because, I mean, I've been in business 20 years now and 99.9% .9 of my business comes through referral. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, it's just different referral. I'm sure it's referring through lots of venues now, lots of vehicles. Well, a lot of my marketing is developing my referral sources. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so, sometimes your marketing can just be doing a, job, a really good job um, and, and that then starts to get you talked about. Yeah. And your, your brand is quite visible, so I'm sure that the, the inroads to you, you know, are many, and so that would, that would definitely Yeah, and I, but I think, um, you know, image and brand is really important because it's something that you... Uh, I've, I've worked very hard on my brand, uh, and I've done a whole heap of stuff that I would tell people never to do. I mean, I've actually changed my logo about three times, which is a real no-no. Um, so, you know, it's do what I say, not do what I do. But You've one got of the, to say it, I like it though, Linda. I'm looking at Yeah, it. <laughs> well, it took me a while to get to where I was going. Yeah. Because my business changed, when I first started in business, my brief to my graphic person at the time was, make me look like I've been doing this for five years, not five minutes. Mm. So I actually looked a bit like a, you know, a, a sort of more of a, a, a legal beagle type person. I had a very, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then when I started doing the keynote speaking, I wanted something more dynamic. Oh, it looks more like you. You know what I mean? then, but then two years ago, no, when the last book came out, I actually changed the brand from Haley Enterprises, which is my trading name, mm. to Linda Haley. Mm. And it makes sense because you yeah, are but, the brand, really. But it was a big push and, and my branding guru at the time brought me into the office and, and, and he had, in his office, he plastered all these sites like, you know, the Oprah site and <laughs> Martha Stewart and he said, you know, what's the message here? And I sort of went, I'm leaving, because this means I had to put my picture on my website. <laughs> it's a lovely picture. <laughs> but I think the thing is that it's coming up with the brand values. And, and I mean, the message for everybody else is we all have a brand. And, and we used to think that only multinationals could have a brand, but in actual fact, every small business has a brand. And you've got to decide what brand values you want to drive into your business. So, I mean, my brand values are three words, insight, mm -hmm. solutions, and inspiration for small business. Yeah. So, and everything I do, I have, to look at, I have to look at those three words and go, is it insightful? Is it offering a solution? Is it me just, because if I'm just faffing about, then it shouldn't be on there. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And it does, and it, look, you know, that process, and I went through that last year as well, and that process is, very difficult for small businesses and I love your podcast on this about branding that it really does boil back to I say how we do it here which is the values of how you behave and how you engage and the yeah. process especially service-based businesses but products as well I mean what I, I I've got a, again another little simple device that I use every year I sit down and I go what do I want my image to be so when I first did this, I think I first did it in 2006, one of the first things I wrote was 2007. So I always wanted my image to be ahead of the pack. Mm. And I wrote down a whole heap of words um, that I wanted to be seen as my image. So it was smart. Um, I didn't want it to be mumsy. I didn't want it to... So there was a whole heap of things that I wrote down. Mm. And, that, and from then on, I just tested everything against that. And then to that, I added the brand values. And so the brand values are the things that other people think about you when they think of you. And you know what I love about that? When I do this with clients, I actually go and ask their customers what they think about them because sometimes they don't know. Linda, they no. think they know, but they yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, it's, you know, it's, a good, it's a good reason to engage with your customers and to actually do a bit of research and find out, you know, what do they really think? 
Yeah, and look, maybe the one thing that you were doing that you stopped doing was the thing they loved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, this is related, but even part of your branding should be cross-promotion. Mm. Find this is a classic with consultants. You know, a consultant's gone into a business and maybe done a project on um, staffing, but they might also do work in another area, and that client has no idea. Exactly, because they're talking through. Yeah, so you've got to really flesh out what that brand is. Oh, look, I'm, I, you know, me, I could talk about brand all day because I just think it's the starting point of, you know, it's sort of like the genesis of where you start and it's yeah. why you got into business and it's where you're going and what's it all about anyway. But we like it because we're marketing people. Maybe. <laughs> and I mean, my, my clients who are not so creatively focused think it's all. Um, too airy fairy. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember working with a client of mine who's a very, very brilliant business strategist, but he's a very much a straight thinker. Um, and I kept saying to him, you know, think about your brand and your image, and he'd go, why? <laughs> he said, I'm me. Like, so, but we needed to incorporate that straight talking into his brand and image. Yeah. So I, and what I did with him is I got his um, – I had a, a – a graphic designer who owed me a favour, and I said, can you do this guy's name in a whole different pile of fonts? So I did it in, like, curlicues and all sorts of things like that, and he took one look at it and went, no, that's not me. I went, well, you say it doesn't matter. It does. So just by looking at it in all different fonts, he suddenly realised, oh, it does make a difference. Yeah, that's not me. I'm not a curly font man. He went, oh, no, no, it's curly. Well, I want to talk about your latest book, Your Business, Your Future. Can you yep. give us some insights about what the book's all about? Yeah, look, the, the funniest thing about this book is this book came about from me doing what I tell my clients to do. And, you know, we talked about market segmentation earlier. Mm. This came from me doing segmentations on the small business market because I don't have to tell you it's a jolly difficult market to yeah. segment because... Size is really difficult. Not all businesses are the same. Um, industries are really difficult. So what I actually um, realised is that businesses act differently and business owners think differently about their business depending on how old the business is. So what I identified was four what I call growth phases. First one everybody knows, start-up. Um, you know, I, I call it the Nike phase, just do it. <laughs> you know, you're up, you're down, your <laughs> cash flow's a nightmare. And then the next phase I've called takeoff. And this is something that happens around year four. Mm-hmm. And suddenly um, you get your head up and you go, oh, you know what, I'm doing it. I'm good at it. And I want more. Um, usually cash flow is replaced as the number one issue by staffing. So whether that's for people like you and me, how do I clone myself? How do I grow? Mm-hmm. Um, for others, it's like, how do I find staff? How do I recruit staff? How do I get rid of staff? Mm. Um, and that four-year phase takeoff is where you usually see a big spike in revenue. Then the next phase um, is called consolidation, otherwise known as the seven-year glitch. And this is where businesses are successful. Uh, revenue is not a problem. They're established. But what starts to happen is things move internally. So they'll find systems are failing, um, computer systems are wobbly, like so technical systems, staff morale may be poor. Mm. Often that's because the systems you set up on day one or at takeoff 
can no longer cope with the volume. And, and that's a really scary phase because you can't talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then the last phase is expansion. Um, and this is where, you know, this is where the little mini moguls come in and this is where you really start to grow your business. So what I found is that if we know what those phases are, we can actually predict what's going to happen to our business. And, and I suppose my first working title for the book was The Normal Factor. I wanted business owners to know that what they go through is normal. Because most businesses, when, things, when the business starts to act up, they assume it's something they did. They, they take the blame. Yeah. You know, we're really good at that in business. And what I wanted to say is 99% of it is actually just normal. That's how businesses grow. Mm. So that was, um, I mean, that book actually came out quite a few years ago now, but it's interesting that it's starting to gain um, a little more acceptance. I, I, I sort of hear bits of it come back to me, mm. where I think people are discovering it. And, and quite a few readers have actually emailed and said, oh, my God, I feel like you've had a camera in my business and you've been watching me. Isn't that fantastic? I, yeah. think, it's as, I think it's as relevant as the e-myth, actually, because, you know, you're giving people permission to say, oh, that's okay. Look, that's yeah. meant to be, oh, I'm actually, this is me. Oh, my goodness, thank God someone else is going through this. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, um, the other readership are people who, who work with small business. So mm. I'm finding that a lot of consultants, um, but even people from government departments who work with small businesses are reading it so that they've actually got a better understanding of how to work with their clients. Mm. Well, look, I wanted to touch on this vision planning which you've got on your website because ah. it just so intrigued me. And you've got here, the business plan is dead. And when I read that, I went, hallelujah, because I believe this 40-page thing you're sticking in your drawer is useless. What have yeah. you got to say about it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I'm not saying you, you don't have to plan anymore, no. but I suppose this came about, I read, um, uh, we all read Harvard Business Review at times, and, and I read a very interesting article in, in Harvard Business Review years ago now, which basically said our business processes need to keep up with the world. And if you think about it, a lot of the things we do within a business, especially with our planning and our strategy stuff, are stuck way back in the 80s. Mm. You know, the old Pareto principle and all that sort of stuff. Well, and it came at a time when I was mainly writing marketing plans and some business plans, and they were 60-page documents. Mm. And I have to be honest, I was over it. Me too. You know, I thought, if I have to write one more 60-page plan, I'm going to scream. <laughs> and, and my clients loved it, but it was costing them, you know, up, up to 20 grand, sometimes 25 grand. And I worked with those businesses for six months. And what I was finding is that by the time we got to the end of it, they'd implemented a whole lot of it anyway. Yeah. So what I, I sort of thought, what will work for my clients and also work for me? And I'd been on a course um, with a very, very brilliant lady called Stephanie Burns, um, who at that stage was doing a program called Training to Train, so keynote speakers and people like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the exercises she got us to do was to go out till we were 75, I think, and stand on that date and look back and say, what have I achieved? And she gave us a big piece of graph paper. And then we had to sort of write down, like, you know, I, I did it from a business perspective, and that's how I wrote two books, as I went, well, when would I need to write the book to get the most out of it? Mm -hmm. So I then thought, well, why can't I use the same process for business planning? Because what we've got at the moment is business plans sort of, like, show and tell. Mm. They're, they're complex, they're not flexible, they don't really reflect how we live anymore. 
you, if the, the way we use the internet, I mean, it's all so quick and... Anyway, um, mm. I developed a process where the first thing you do is develop a vision for how you want your business to be in two and a half to three years. Yeah. Detailed, even down to the colour of the paint on the walls, if you're going to have a new office. Um, my same client who couldn't get the image and branding was so not into this, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> then you go back and, and look at where you are now, and then you do a gap analysis. What has to change to get me there? And so vision planning, instead of being, you know, a, a six-month process, it can be done in six weeks. Um, I mean, if you do it yourself, you can do it in half a day. I just love this concept because, I don't know, maybe we're living on a parallel earth or something, but really I've been doing the marketing plan thing for, you know, 2005, probably the last three or four years, and yeah. I, like you, thought this just isn't cutting it. I'm, I'm halfway through the plan and we're already implementing anyway. Yeah. What am I doing? And so yeah. I, I did the same sort of thing. I, I, I call it just where are we now, where do we want to be? And I go through all of the list of things, you know, that you would come across, be it product, pricing, personnel, you know, values, what is it? And, and it does form this vision, this one page. I just did a blog on it um, because, you know, people can have all of my intellectual property. They can have everything. Yes. I don't put a lot behind um, putting in an email and whatever because the more educated that these small businesses can become, the better clients they are for me because they're halfway down the path. So I just believe that that process is absolutely the way that works better for, for us as consultants because we can get to the guts of the issue quickly. But for them, they can see on one page, I've got one client who's a construction guy we did this two years ago. He still keeps that piece of paper in the yeah. back of his book. Yeah. And he says, Dan, I refer to this more than anything else. And I said, you yeah. know what, me too. So it's just that one pager that gives you where are you going? Like, where are you and where do you want to go? And what's the yeah. gap? Let's work on that gap. Well, and it's the gap that, I mean, what I do, I mean, I still do reports, but then they're no, like, not half. You know, not a quarter size that they used to be. Yeah. Um, but what I do is an action plan. So basically, yeah, this is all the things you've got to do for pricing. This is all the things yeah. you've got to do for packaging. So we walk through it. And, and you know what? It doesn't just work for us. It works for the clients. Because clients these days, they love getting the information, but they want it fast and they want to be able to get it on the ground fast. You know, it's all about traction. Oh, you know, you, can't, you just don't have six months to pontificate about stuff these days. The market's changing so fast. Well, we're so lucky. I mean, even when, you know, a client might say, well, I don't know how to update this, Dan. I don't know how to do this. Well, I just do a screen video now and send it yes. to them. Yes. And I say, here, click on this link, and here's yep. me walking on your website showing you what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a different world. I've even got, I've even bought something called Livescribe, which is a pen. I don't know if you're familiar with it. What is it, sorry? It's called Livescribe. I'll put a link to it. You can buy mm -hmm. it at um, Officeworks. You would love this, Linda. What you do is it's a pen that actually, you, it's got special paper with it, but that's not expensive. It's like a pad. I think I've been through one in Oh, is this one of the ones months. where they actually, it actually transcribes what, you, what you're writing? Yes, but it records it as an MPEG. So what happens is that first meeting, that meeting where you're trying to work out and they're telling you the story, yep. that meeting I find is critical. And sometimes I'm trying to listen so much to what they're saying, I, I you know, I, I can't write as much as I want. So yep. I would go back and listen to that MPEG file and consolidate what my thought was around the strategy. Yep. And they would go back 
and listen to it because I use a Dropbox where we share yeah. everything. And so that's replaced, I mean, it hasn't replaced the minutes or notes to the meeting, but it, it is giving us a chance to just go back and re-look at what we actually talked about with fresh eyes. And that's a fantastic tool. Yeah, and I think Love the other it. thing too is that clients don't necessarily want to pay for us to write reports. No. So, you know, anything we can do to, to give them access to exactly that same information. I mean, our value is in our strategic thinking. It's all in the thinking. I mean, yeah, I mean, when, when clients, you know, buy, buy a consultant, they're really buying risk management. Yeah, they're buying your brain. They're buying yeah. us listening to all this stuff and us reading yeah. the latest and us knowing what to do. So the same as I'd go to a financial advisor. So, no, look, I totally agree. I'm, I'm conscious that we've gone a bit over time and I I've, I've, don't want to um, take advantage of your kindness. Oh, right. But I'd love to... Um, I'd love to know what you're up to now and what's on your your hit list for the rest of the year. Oh, oh what am I doing? Well, I'm actually like anybody. I'm, I review my business every... I, do, I normally do it in January. Um, I'm sort of looking at mm, what am I going to do next? What am I going to focus on? Mm. Um, I'm probably a bit... A bit like you're saying, I, I need to get more podcasts done, I need to get more information on my website. So I'm like everybody else, you know, just because you're a marketing consultant doesn't mean you, you're always perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm doing, the sorts of things, I'm doing more and more keynote speaking. Yeah, you're great which, at that. It's yeah, which I really enjoy. But I'm also doing a lot of work in small regional communities where I'm doing uh, marketing plans for towns. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's. That's a hoot. I'm actually off to Mackay on Thursday this week, so I'm going to do one for, for the CBD of Mackay. Often it's communities that are facing a bit of a challenge, like a new shopping centre or maybe, you know, a change of traffic and all those sorts of things. But, uh, but my speciality is probably the smaller smaller regional towns. So that's, that's sort of what I'm doing at the moment. Oh, so more of the same, I suppose, but, you know, that's what I love about the business. You can focus on different things at different times. And do you think you'll ha have another book down the track? Um, yeah, I keep, I keep thinking about it, but at the moment I'm probably, um, I'm, I'm doing quite a bit of reading myself at the moment. Um, I find that gives me inspiration. I've just embarked on a, a joint project, which is nothing to do with my normal world, so I'm really quite enjoying that, yeah. It's nice to have a few different sort of outlets and aspects. And, so if people want to get some more of you and find out how to engage with you, what's the best way, Linda? Um, websites. Excuse me. Always a good spot to start, um, which is www.lindahaley.com.au. Um, Haley with an I and Linda with an I. Um, the, we're going to start filming the new series of Koshy's Business Builders in the next month or so. So oh, I'm assuming that I'll be doing some of that again, which I just love. Oh, you're so brilliant at that. And God, isn't it fantastic to see real life case studies? You know, in a in a visual form. There's nothing better. Yeah, and look, it's, it's really good to see things take off. I mean, one of the episodes we did last year was a business called Scooter Angels, where they um, they basically, I think, it's, I'm not sure whether it's in Melbourne, but I think it's in, I know it's in Sydney, and it, they sort of half started in Brisbane. But basically, if you're going out for an evening and you don't want to drive, you phone them up and they turn up on this little scooter, <laughs> and then put it in the boot and drive you home, and then they hop on this scooter and tootle off home. Um, Isn't that fantastic idea? Yeah, Great business. Well, I went out to dinner on um, Saturday night and one of the people there said, oh, we're trying this new thing tonight and this person on a scooter is going to come along. And I went, oh, you need scooter angels. And they went, yes, we just found out about it. Well, it's just so nice 
to hear that that, that was one of the businesses we featured. You know that obviously they're getting they're getting um, they're getting known in the marketplace, which is just awesome. And that's a great sort of result for them, isn't it? A bit of a boost. Yeah. Well, I yeah, thank so. you. I thank you so much for your time, and I'll put all the links to your things. And you've got some great tools on your website. They're just fantastic. So I encourage people to go and have a, have a look. And once again, thank you so much for um. An absolute pleasure. I I always like chatting to colleagues. So. Oh, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time.